0: Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. And now, join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant Dr. Pepper Hernandez
1: welcome and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each and every day mentally physically spiritually and emotionally i'm so excited i have michelle agopsovich from illuminated path counseling She is a Reiki master. She has her master's work in social work. She has a bachelor's in disability studies. I am just so fascinated by everything that you're doing and your journey. It sounds very much like a lot of other healers. We go from one study to another to another and all in the same vein, but also very different. Michelle, thank you for being here. I appreciate you for taking out the time talk to us a little bit about your story. I'd like to hear from the beginning. Well, thank you. First off, just
2: thank you for having me. And I love the name of your podcast, This Quantum Alignment, because I think it is so much part of my journey. As you say, there's all of these converging roads that lead to the same place and crisscross and move. And so I think from even being very small, I knew that my purpose was to help people in the world. I've always helped people, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm sort of drawn to that in so many ways. And I started out in education doing music and things like this, which I also think is aligned. So I think there's so many different expressions of how we show up with alignment in the world, in the ways that we come to be. So and so much of it has to do with our own story. So the careers we choose, the paths we take in life. Are always informed by where we've come, and so I myself have a trauma history, and and I guess my whole focus of my message in the world is really making sure that trauma is not seen as a dirty word anymore. That we all have a story. So trauma is essentially our story: the good, the bad, the ugly. Basically, anything that's overwhelmed our ability to cope and then how that gets stored in our bodies. So for me, I have a history of lots of ostracization, lots of bullying, some sexual abuse, having a parent who was ill my entire life, and that absolutely got held in my body. So those trauma events are things that for me showed up as people-pleasing, showed up as perfectionism, showed up as body issues, self-esteem issues. So not necessarily what we'd think about in sort of trauma PTSD terms in terms of flashbacks and things like that, but quieter things and in many ways more self-destructive things. So when I came to get my master's in counseling and do more counseling work, I was also looking at being a Reiki master because I understood on some level that there had to be this intersectionality between the mind, the body, the spirit, that none of it is separated, that we're all talking about the same thing, and that we can't be talking about medicine as just a body experience. We can't talk about psychology as just a mind experience. We are this integrated whole. And so, like you and I having this beautiful conversation, every interaction we have with someone, we're creating alchemy, we're creating an interaction. And so when we own our stories, we can then start that process of healing. But then again, not seeing that from a dualistic perspective, like healing is this place we arrive at. And we never need to look at anything again. Healing is always unfolding, we're always coming to understand ourselves differently, at different times for different reasons. And I think we have this In our Western world, we also have this idea that it's sort of a one and done. Something happens to us and then we're supposed to just get over it. And if we're not over it, we should look at it once. And then if you're, you know, if you're not good, then you have to heal it multiple times, which just is not true. We're constantly reopening the pages of the book of our lives and understanding it differently in different times
1: so many interesting things and our conversation is going to be fabulous today. I'm wondering if we can back it up just a little bit and kind of introduce you to our audience. I mean, you're obviously an expert in what you're doing. Let's tell them about how you got to where you are. So it sounds like you have a master's in counseling, a master's in social work, bachelor's in disability studies. Can you talk about those? And then I'd love to get into your master's of Reiki because I love how you mesh those together very much like myself, kind of just, you know, pulling everything together because it's all the same. But let's back up and talk about those things and that educational journey.
2: Yeah. And I think it was, it was a discovery is most things, this journey of self-discovery So when I went into, it was no question that I would do higher education. So it's highly valued in my family. And I knew that I would go on to do university in some way. It's an interesting journey because I always wanted to be a social worker. But in my day and age, when you're going to social work, that was very much apprehending children. People didn't see it as clinical social work within a counseling realm. And so my dear sweet mother... Because I'm a highly sensitive person, she really came to me and said, honey, like, I know you really want to be a counselor, but I'm not sure that you can handle it emotionally. And so I ended up going into music with the intention of going into music therapy so that I would have sort of a counseling adjacent sort of profession. That wasn't for me. So then I was like, mom, I'm really thinking about going into social work this is a couple of years later, she's like, you know, I still think the same is true. I think you're too sensitive to be able to hold all of the pain and suffering that you're going to see in the world. It's going to be too much for you. So then I went into a bachelor's of community rehab and disability studies thinking, well, if I work with families who have new diagnosis with disability, that'll be a little bit more gentle than maybe some of the other aspects of social work. So I finished that degree. It still wasn't resonating entirely with what I wanted. And so I then went and did a master's in social work. Mom was 100%, 110% supportive at that point. And then came the Reiki masterpiece because she was exactly right. I am a highly sensitive person. And so I needed to find a way to understand the energy exchange between me and clients. I needed to understand what was mine and what was theirs. I needed to understand as an empath, how can I embody my space so that I'm not taking on everybody else's? How can I bring it into my heart and then release it again? Because what happened throughout me becoming a Reiki master is I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition at that point. I knew immediately with that diagnosis of autoimmune condition that this was about me hating myself, that i had hated my body, that I had no semblance of self-love. I absolutely knew this was my trauma history that I had shoved down. And so the Reiki then came into my life to be able for me to understand self love, my own energy. What am I taking on from other people? How to reclaim my space on this planet? And I am happy to report that I do no longer have an autoimmune condition. And so there was a journey of self discovery that went there, very much a dark night of the soul for many years of me learning not to be anxious because I was a person who had panic attacks all the time. I was sick all the time. I had stomach issues and headaches and skin issues and just was generally not grounded within my chakras within my space. I was not in alignment. And so really melding the two of these things has helped me now to claim my space, to hold space for other people so that we're not displacing each other. So it is that alchemy as we say. And one of the things I love to do with clients, I love to do with my courses is teaching other people how to feel safe in their body, how to be grounded in their body, how to have a sense when your chakras are out of alignment, when your body soul spirit is out of alignment. And just that that is something that happens to all of us. Because I think again, we get into this dualistic perspective that people are in alignment or out of alignment. Whereas actuality, we're more fluid than that we're in and we're out. And it's about recognizing when are you out so that you can bring it back into alignment again.
1: So many things here. Thank you for sharing all that. Let's talk about autoimmune conditions because I know a lot of people do suffer from that discomfort, that unaligned part of their self. And the words you used were quite powerful. So we don't want to assume that everyone is having that as their reality as well. But can you touch on that? Because it sounds like it was a very trying time for you. And again, if you don't want to, that's okay as well. Just everything we share here is to help other people. And I just haven't heard anyone speaking about it in that way. So yeah, absolutely. Pepper. I I actually love because it was such a
2: journey of self-discovery for me. And so I do think people, again, not blanket statements, I can only speak to sort of my experience. So there might be deviations within that, but I have noticed that a lot of people with autoimmune conditions, myself included, have a propensity to being very kind, very nice people, very accommodating, empaths, very sort of having some people pleasing, having some perfectionism. And I think we process it through our bodies. So a lot of people, when hard things happen, when traumatic things happen, they go to a very cognitive space. Other people go to a very emotional space. And many of us go to a very somatic place. For me, everything shows up in my body if something is out of balance. And so I think for a lot of people within that autoimmune condition, for me, it was terrifying. My immediate thought was, oh my God, I'm dying, which triggered my dad being ill my entire life. So my dad had type one diabetes since he was four. We've almost lost him many, many times in my life. I immediately went to this place of, I will die young. I will have all of the pills that my father has. So it touched that intergenerational lineage trauma as well. And within that, it dove me into this place of having panic attacks because I was facing my own death. What I think I was actually doing at the time was having a symbolic death. I was having a symbolic death of the little girl who did not have the coping strategies to deal with everything that was happening. The little girl who brilliantly decided that a good way to survive in the world was to make everybody else happy, to not create any waves, to turn that within my body, right? And even as I speak about that pepper, I just want to even say like, that resonates as true because I could feel that shiver through my body as I was saying that. And so it was like, oh, okay, yes. So being able to speak that even just resonates as true for me, that it was a symbolic death of the old way of coping that wasn't working for me anymore. And I had faced that a few times, but it didn't get so loud enough that I truly had to change it. So I had worked on my body issues, but I could still keep some of my restrictions around food without too much consequences. I was still anxious, but I wasn't having panic attacks so I could manage that around. It wasn't till the autoimmune condition came in that I had no choice. I was going to die if I continued the way I was. And so then started this healing journey of understanding and being able to speak my truth a little bit more, which isn't always popular in psychology for us to be able to talk about the unseen realms either, to talk about our intuition, to talk about, say, chakras, to talk about these sort of things. And again, there are multiple ways to heal. But for me, having knowledge of the chakras, having integrating Reiki resonated as true for part of my healing process. And I think then also just understanding going forward that healing can be exciting that it can be like, oh, I'm going to continue throughout my life to just discover more and more and more about myself. And that should be exciting because in relationship with ourselves, we should constantly be discovering who we are.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So I work with a lot of clients and patients, cannabis patients specifically, working with autoimmune issues who are focused on coming from the allopathic world, into the naturopathic world, recognizing that it is microorganisms, it's bacteria, it's viruses, and they are going full-fledged on that. And if you are a listener and that is where you're living right now, that's what you're living, we're not suggesting that that isn't possibly a truth. I think what I'm getting from it, Michelle, is that we need to look at the other portions of health We need to look at mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health, all of those components, because I am sure if we went into your, you know, like what you were consuming and the other things that you were doing for bacteria and viruses, you've probably been there and done that too. And that's what got you to this next step of recognizing what is the energetic vibrational frequency that I can shift and change because I've done everything else. And I also know it's true. Yes, and I also know that it's true that I
2: did have Epstein Barr, that I did have leaky gut throughout that. So I, and in my desperation to find an answer, I yes, I grabbed onto anything I could. Right, and so in that moment of trying to find healing, find what works for you too. So for me, I did need to go to a naturopath. I did need to understand, my intellectual part needed to understand the science behind what Epstein-Barr was and what it could do. I did go down the cannabis route so that I could manage my anxiety, my inflammation a little bit better that way. But then I needed to go to the next layer and I needed to be safe enough. So my mind provides safety. So as soon as my ego and my mind has some knowledge to grab onto, it can now get out of the way
1: so that the more
2: subtle ways of knowing can start to show up.
1: I love this. I'm currently teaching a chakra course for Native Roots, which is out of Taos, New Mexico. I've been teaching them for years and years, and I love it. And the autoimmune issues, all these issues, are this these these discomforts that are energetic and then manifested physically. They respond in different chakras, if you will. And so this one particularly, and and then we'll get off the topic. But I just love having you here, so we can chat about this. But these issues for any kind of nervous system or autoimmune system or those kind of things typically you can look into your root chakra and to your sacral chakra specifically to start healing those and the safety the security those kind of things those words that you're using as you know that's where we are fundamentally learning how to feel safe and secure is 0 to 6 a years of age right and so on and so on that I mean that is so root chakra sacral chakra grounding. And I mean, we could talk hours about that one specifically, because I bet you have so much to share with us. I want to link it back. So I Please. also have a psychology of the shockers course that I teach.
2: And there's this idea too, if we link it back to trauma, because autoimmune and trauma is also fairly connected in so many ways. So if we connect it to trauma, what happens is it's not safe to be in our bodies. And so we learn energetically to float up. And so then it's easier to live in our upper chakras. And I think anyone who is spiritual, it's really nice up there. Like there's nothing nicer than like your throat chakra being your crown chakra, your third eye. And so I think we also learn to float up within our bodies, embody these upper chakras, but then it gets really hard to heal because we have to earth that, we have to ground that down into being So that we can actually manifest that into our daily life because we if we're not feeling safe and grounded in there we're sort of floating in the ethers and if we talk about this through a psychological lens this also happens when we live too much in our thoughts we've got the racing thoughts the ruminative thoughts the idea that we can intellectualize every experience within our lifetime versus being able to really embody and sit within our bodies
1: I love that. That vibrates with me in such a deep way. I've had epileptic seizures for over 20 years. And so that is very much a root chakra, nervous chakra thing of feeling safe and secure. It's very similar to what you're saying. So we have so much to talk about, but it happens to be that time in our podcast where we're going to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. And we'll be right back with michelle we've got so many more things to talk about i'd love for you to touch on alchemy and that statement of getting held in your body what does all that mean let's come back in just a moment
0: ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals for a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine take time to dive into classes anytime anywhere with a new online program for more information connect on drpepperhernandez.com this is a 10-month program one class a month the Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis, Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more.
1: Welcome back. Thank you so much for taking time to be present with us on the quantum alignment show. I'm so excited, Michelle, so many things. When we invited you to come on, I had no idea that you and I would just have so many similar stories and journeys. And, you know, obviously we're all humans having this experience and we are going to connect, but wow, how exciting. I do want to just back up a little bit. And, you know, we have a, very broad audience from people who are healers themselves to people who are learning and are stepping into these spiritual worlds or these, even just the idea of taking care of ourselves energetically or emotionally, like that's new to a lot of people because not all people were taught to do that or that that was important. I literally had to have a conversation with a patient the other day of energetics are just as important as physical right? This person worked out all the time. They ate well, ate organic, but they never did any kind of self-reiki energy work, like, you know, monitoring their thoughts, any of that. And I thought, oh my, we have some things to do, which is exciting for me, but, and I'm sure you get that all the time, but let's talk about a statement that you shared. Getting held in my body is what you said Can you talk to us about that and what you mean by those words that an emotion or a thought or an energy got held in your body? And and how do we know if we're holding it in our body? Well, the first thing I suppose I want to say is that we all do
2: this. So I want to destigmatize any part that you haven't worked hard enough, that you did something wrong. Because I think we get into this idea too of like, what's wrong with my solar plexus chakra? Is it unbalanced? What did I do to make it unbalanced? What can I do to get it back in balance? So I just want to give the caveat here that our chakras are fluid. They're contracting, they're expanding, they're in balance, they're not throughout the day. And so it is when we learn when trauma or events, the stories and things that have happened to us, illnesses, thoughts get held in our body. Trauma isn't just about what's happened to us. It's about what happens next. And it's about how the body stores that. So we have implicit cellular memory within our bodies of the things that have happened to us. So when we've encountered a traumatic event, and again, traumatic events could be things we assume like warfare and terrorism and racism, misogyny, injustices, but it's also not feeling like we belong, not having parents who we feel understand us or meet our needs, having a parent who's mentally or physically ill growing up, car accidents, divorce, grief, all of these things are also within my realm of what I talk about as trauma because they overwhelm us. So our body constricts to these things. We don't like it. So we tend to draw back. And as we draw back, sometimes our root chakra will contract. So if you notice that like you're kind of holding your legs really tight, it's like you're trying to hold your root chakra there. Or if we can't breathe, right, that the constriction has showed up in our body because we've shrunk away from the thing that's too hard to handle. And through that constriction, our heart center closes, our diaphragm, our solar plexus closes, or we feel like our throat chakra constricts because we don't feel like we have a voice, which is usually what happens within trauma. We don't, our power is being taken away. So within the solar plexus, we don't have power. And within our lungs, we don't have breath. Within our throat, we don't have voice. And so it gets stored in our bodies. And the thing that's important to remember as well is say you and I have exactly the same experience. Yours might show up in the root chakra. Mine might show up in the solar plexus chakra. Because we are all the same and we are all completely uniquely different at the same time. So what I experience and you experience, we'll have completely different experiences of the same experience, if that makes sense. And it'll show up in our bodies in different ways. Mine shows up in my sacral and my soul, my it's always my stomach. So I know when I'm not in alignment, it absolutely shows up. And then I need to pay attention to that area. So I think in our Western world, we have this idea of forcing as well, where it's like, oh, my stomach hurts. Why won't you just go away? You know, I'm going to take this other medicine. Why didn't that work? Like, just go away. We try to exile the parts of ourselves that we don't feel belong. And so we don't like the stomach ache. So we try to exile it from our system instead of going inside And thanking our stomach for giving us an early warning sign, thanking anxiety for giving us a warning sign or anger, any of these other undesirable emotions we think we have, that we need to go within and have a bit of a conversation about what that symptom is trying to alert us to. Because our body is a well-oiled machine. It knows what to do. And so when something is out of balance, rather than exiling it, it's about can I have a conversation with the part that is diseased or not in balance?
1: With that being said, obviously, Reiki is a big part of you doing this healing for yourself. And you're, we can get into what you teach online and, and where we can find you. But the self Reiki and you being a Reiki master for those people who have never heard of the word Reiki or understand what it is that you're doing when you're helping move energy. Can you describe that just in a short little bit for us to understand what that means for you? Yeah, yeah. So Reiki is a Japanese healing
2: technique that really works at the chi and the energy centers of the body. And what I truly believe about Reiki is that it should be the same as most self-healing things. It should be easy. We should be able to do it on a run. So I think often we think, oh, I have to sit down and do self-Reiki and it has to be exactly an hour or it doesn't count. I think we do the same thing with exercise, or at least I have. Like, if the workout isn't 60 minutes long, somehow it doesn't cut it. And so I want people to understand too that when we're going into this, we're basically tuning into the channel that is the collective healing, the collective oneness, and we're allowing it to kind of channel through us. And every single person has the ability to do this. It's just, do you have the light switch that turns on that energy or not? So for me, I discovered that through Reiki. Many other people might discover that through marathon running, might discover that through Tai Chi or Qigong, might have that experience in a chiropractic adjustment or acupuncture. It happens all the time spontaneously within yoga, where you have that sense when you're laying in or when you're doing pigeon pose or something like that. If you're sitting in Pigeon and you start to cry, you're having the release of your body say, oh, yes, that was held in my hips. And so we're constantly moving that in and out. What Reiki did for me was educate me on what that was, and teach me how to flip the switch to access that, versus stumbling around in the dark, trying to figure out how to tap into that oneness. Because we all Maybe this sounds a little woo-woo, but I truly, truly believe we all have the capacity to heal. None of us is more special than anyone else. And there are multiple ways to get to healing. And it doesn't mean having to be Buddha on the mountaintop in a silent retreat forever. We, We can heal spontaneously through nature or music. There's so many ways we find that.
1: I think healing is very personal and it can happen spontaneously. It can happen immediately. If that's your belief, right? Some people believe it takes, you know, seven or eight years of therapy. And that's great too, if they're healing from that. And I just recently stepped into the world of, nope, when I recognize it, that's the beginning of the healing, right? Like, okay, the awareness is the healing. And that's a whole new shift for me. And for people that I talk with too, it's like, oh, we don't have to do, you know, all of that. So, anyhow, just and then, stating that and then there. You have yeah. to trust that it's
2: been done too. I think this is a thing that a trap that I very much get into. Oh, I had an amazing experience in meditation while I was doing Reiki and I felt connected to the world and the universe and I felt my chakras align. And then, half an hour into my day, when I'm a human and somebody cuts me off in traffic or whatever else happens, I'm like, well, did that healing count? Did I really heal? So, I think as humans, we have this idea. Like we really want this mystical, beautiful healing experience. And then when we get it, we also have a tendency to dismiss it or think it wasn't profound enough or it wasn't permanent. And so then we we get spun back into old patterns as well with that instead of really trusting that it's okay to know what you know. And the same way we don't get taught how to do self-care, most of us are actively within our society taught not to listen to our intuition or power through our know, power through These situations where you're like, that doesn't feel right. So, the easiest example being, you know, little kids are like, I don't want to talk to Uncle Harry. I don't want to sit on his knee. And everyone says, go hug your Uncle Harry and sit on his knee. And so, we teach from a very young age to cross a boundary, cross your intuition, to not listen to our no. And so, as adults, we spend most of our adult life trying to relearn who we know we are.
1: So well said, Michelle. So well said. I love what you're doing in the world. I'm so grateful that you are able to be on the show today. I know it was busy. You've got a million things going. Can you tell our audience and our listeners where we can find you and how we can get a hold of you if you do take people on sometimes?
2: Yeah. So because I'm a clinical counselor, I need to work one-on-one within my realm of my jurisdiction. So uh, and I am in Canada, I don't know if I said that. But I have lots of online courses, more and more coming all the time where anyone can access me. So probably the easiest way is just illuminatedpathcounseling.com. And I'm on this, all those social medias at illuminatedpathcounseling. Path Counseling. I am really excited about this new ventures and things that I'm doing, just hoping to just create more and more courses that integrate sort of psychological ways of being with more traditional ways of being Combining chakras with psychology. So, I have a trauma recovery method about rediscovering your healing through mindfulness. And I've got a few meditation courses. And I would love for people to just come check out and join my community and what I'm all about so that we can spread the word. Because, same as you, Pepper, I feel like for every single person we meet and have an amazing conversation with, we light everyone else up along the way as we go and we get inspired by others. And the more momentum we have around that, the more we start to reclaim healing as our birthright.
1: I love it. So true, Michelle. Before we go fully, and we let you uh, move on to the next thing, if someone is wanting to step into this type of work, say they're coming from, and we both know, you know, the people who are coming from allopathic world a general practitioner world into more of these energy healing and talking about their feelings and their emotions and their traumas. What's that first step? What can we give that person as just to, hey, think about this? This is a possibility, something you can do on your own. You know, you don't have to go in and, and speak to anyone. What is something that we can give them? I think
2: some of the most amazing things you can do is to go and dabble in just, you know, I think we attract these things. So as you start To look at it more, you'll find that it starts to come into your life a little bit more. What I found as my soft entry into this was EFT tapping was a really Mm -hmm. nice self, like, and and it's gentle, it's a gentle, empowering approach to kind of come in through that. I think meditation and mindfulness is also a really nice self-compassionate way to get into this place because we also don't want to go too hard too fast. Again, our society is like, well, I've realized there's a problem. So I've got to really do everything and and strive and push through. And that actually makes us more sick. So there's no reason why you should jump into the deep end of trauma with, you know, weights attached to your legs. (laughs) You know, it's really, it's about coming to this gently. We're not running out of time either. So there's time to heal. You're not running out of time. And I think some of the nicest ways that I came to it, so I actually grew up as an atheist with not really much spirituality at all. It wasn't until my, into my thirties that I sort of talked about it this way. My soft entry was to put a scientific lens on it. Okay, so can we look at quantum physics? Can we look at this idea that matter isn't created or destroyed? So, because I think physics is saying the same thing as medicine, is saying the same thing as spirituality is saying the same thing as religion, is saying the same thing as self-help and psychology. We're all talking about the same thing, but differently. And so find the most gentle pathway in that also doesn't get your nervous system overreacted. Because if you try to dive in too fast, you're going to get flooded again by all those stress hormones. And then it might take you another five years again to have the courage to step back into this scary place because healing is profound, it is always worth it. But it's scary at times, too. We have to discover a new way of being. And most of us don't like to change unless we absolutely have to, right? So, you know, really coming at it from a stance of nonviolence
1: and self-compassion. So well said. Thank you, Michelle, for making time to be on our show today. I really appreciate you and vice
2: versa. Pepper, it has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being who you are and what you share in the world as well. Thank you,
1: my friend. To our audience, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thanks for listening. And let's make this your very best life ever.